0: Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted, local, independent, American-standard heating and air conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump.
1: By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well.
2: See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to
0: AbsoluteComfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer.
3: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it.
0: So my question I'll pose to you, Hammer, right off the top of this segment, is this upcoming debate with Joe Hogsett, the Democratic candidate, and Jefferson Sharif, the Republican candidate for mayor of Indianapolis, is this upcoming debate on wish tailgate worthy?
4: Well, for Joe Hogsett, everything's (laughs) tailgate worthy. Apparently, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it is for me. Yeah, I think I'm into. I I think I'm breaking out the keg,
0: getting the wings ready. Yeah, breaking out the Traeger, maybe. I think you may be
4: disappointed, though. What do you think? Like I yeah. would save that type of keg and the good wings for the presidential <laughs> style debates. All right. Because have you seen that meme of like the multiple people dressed as Spider-Man pointing at each other? <laughs> That's what this debate's going to be. What's there going to be a debate about? Shreve does everything Hawksett does, wants to grab guns, says that, you know, abortion isn't really his thing. What are they going to debate about? They're the same guy. Well, uh, abortion is Hogsets thing. Yeah, but Shreve came out with a video and said, hey— I'm a mayor. It's not my job to talk about abortion, but I'm not going to be pulling our busy police officers to arrest people that are taking part in said activities. Now, I'm paraphrasing there, but you know, it's funny that Jefferson Shreve comes out and says that's not a mayor's job, but changing the <laughs> yeah. state law on firearms perfectly falls within his uh, area yeah, of expertise. That's
0: a that's a head scratcher right there.
4: But I will be watching yeah. it because, sure. again, I live in Indianapolis. I'm a resident. I I hate the fact that... The People of this city have to choose between a wino and a rhino. It oh sucks my. that this is the case. Wow. But our news gathering partners at Wish TV 8, uh, Monday, October 23rd, 6 p.m., Wish TV, He's, WishTV.com, and their statewide TV news network will have the debate. So, a lot of eyeballs on this. Is the uh, Sanchez moderating? He's part of the moderation crew. Phil yeah. Sanchez? Okay. Phil Sanchez so will be right part of that crew. It's right in his wheelhouse, man. So my question for fellow Marion County residents, if Jefferson Shreve comes out and just goes after Boss Hogsett for what happened during the riots, where were you, who was calling the shots? There are all these rumors out there that you were either drunk or in rehab. If Jefferson Shreve does that, does that... Make things a little bit better. Do you feel better voting for him, even though as a law-abiding citizen, Jefferson Shreve clearly hates you? That's no, the question I, I, I have.
0: I don't live in Marion County. I can't comment. I know my dad lives in Marion County, and I have sort of a skewed, biased perspective because you know his business was uh, affected by the riots, and you know you wake up the morning you found out that uh, his dad, my grandfather, dies, pulls out uh, uh, of the parking garage and sees every one of his windows busted out, including the one uh, to the lobby that leads up to the residence. I, I'm just. It, I, I don't care where Hogshead was I just want to know who was calling the shots Right that's the I, important I mean, thing I, I, think, I think people have got this twisted a little bit to where we're you know especially Marion County voters and you hammer trying to like oh it was a rehab blah 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 blah. I don't I don't care if he was you know in a tanning bed somewhere in in Beach Grove <laughs> I don't care what he I, I want to know who was calling the shots You don't care so if the mayor dad. was missing
4: during a riot you No don't I care he
0: was missing I want to know who was calling the shots I don't, I don't, whether he was with a sick relative or whether the rumors are true about whatever, I want to know who's calling the shots. I want to know who told them to let them march. I want to know if he wasn't in
4: charge, then what, who was. And I get that. But I also think that it doesn't make you a horrible person for wondering, can we trust this guy with responsibility in the city if he can't take care of himself. Listen, if he went to rehab, and again, those are the rumors. I don't know. We've all heard the same stories. I hope he got the help that he needs. I hope his family situation is better. Even though I don't like the guy, I hope he got the help that he needs. But if that's the case, if he can't take care of himself, how can he take care of my city, especially during the darkest two days in the history of Indianapolis? So with that being said, we for a long time have been criticizing local media in the city. Why won't you ask Joe Hogsett, because you have access. He sure as hell ain't coming on the Hammer and Nigel show. Why won't you ask him where he was that night? And can he prove it? Who was calling the shots if he wasn't here? All fair questions. Fox 59 doesn't want to do it. CBS 4 doesn't want to do it. Channel 6 doesn't want to do
0: it. Indie Star kind of did it a couple of weeks ago with that softball question. And but they gave him an session. out. Yeah. They didn't pose it to him as, where were you? They said, why is this an issue for Republicans as to your whereabouts?
4: Right. Channel 13, all their investigative reporters haven't done that. I will give credit where credit is due, and our news gathering partners, Wish TV. I have been digging through the archives, trying to find any interview with Joe Hogsett from any local TV station where people have asked him the million dollar question. And I found this one. This was late 2021, I believe. And Alexis Rogers, news anchor at Wish TV, had Joe Hogsett for a one on one interview.
5: A big part of this unsafe, uneasy feeling for some of our residents, you know, started within the riots in downtown Indianapolis of May last year. Criticism of that night uh, has included some of the same themes that we've heard when it comes to the violent surge
6: and the leadership of the city. You know, where were you on that night when a lot of the the riots started to happen?
3: I was uh, at at home uh, monitoring uh, what was going on uh, in constant contact with uh, the leadership at the emergency operations center Um, I um, uh, came downtown the very first uh, light of day Uh, the next morning uh, I met with uh, community leaders and organizers of the protests Okay, so Alexis asked him the question.
0: He said he was at home. And now he's going to be able to go back and say, look, I've answered that question.
4: And he's on the record, though. Me finding this audio, at least we can share it with our audience. He's on the record. Because that is not what I've heard. We've had Tony Kennett on this program. That's not what he has heard from people that would absolutely know. And let me just put it that way. So, to her credit, Alexis of... WISH TV 8, then asked him a very important follow-up question.
5: Did the city give any stand-down order that night for officers to not react or not crack down on riders or protesters?
3: No, I I, I, I believe all those decisions regarding the tactics and the strategy uh, that was employed by our um, uh, ERG unit uh, in IMPD, uh, those decisions were made by the command staff of IMPD itself.
4: That also not what I have been told from my many, many friends in law enforcement. And trust me, I've got more friends in law enforcement than Joe Hogsett <laughs> does. And if you remember, Nige, and I'm going to play a clip here. It's a little bit longer, so I want you to stay with me here because there's right. some good information. Right after the riots, the FOP president, Rick Snyder, came on our program were officers told to stand down from Mayor Hogshead?
7: There was a significant point of discussion that occurred on Friday evening related to movement of folks, allowing folks to move, which, again, we're there to assist with peaceful protests. I told you that I said on Friday afternoon. Everything I said, you've witnessed our officers do. They protected people while they protested peaceably uh, and exercised their rights. Uh, Moreover, when things turned to any kind of violence in violations of law, we have an obligation to protect property and to protect life. Um, What I can tell you is that uh, I think most people would agree that we needed more adequate resources available on Friday night, and that did not occur. I can't explain to you why that did not occur. That's a fair question for the mayor. What I think most people would say is that on Friday night, that might have gotten away from folks and that while unfortunate is understandable the real question is how did it happen again and even worse on saturday night and that's the real question that needs to be asked
0: you said you had the resources and the uh, and the ability to um, to stop some of the things that were happening Saturday night. Um, what were those resources? What else? Uh, what else could have been done, Rick?
2: Well,
7: first of all, I think that the, this is what we do in Indianapolis. We manage large events. Look at any other large events with hundreds of thousands of people in downtown Indianapolis, and they go off without a without a flaw and traffic is handled, officers on every corner, the whole thing. We did not have that on Saturday night. Now, what I know is we had plenty more resources available to us. It is very frustrating. We heard it today from the governor of Indiana that full resources were available from our state partners on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The question becomes, why did our political leadership who has to make those calls not call for them, not call for the reinforcements? I can't answer that. Maybe there's a very good reason, but it's a very very fair question, especially for all those business owners, all these employees who have had their lives further interrupted.
4: So, that was the FOP president the day we came back after the riots. And again, there's no record that Joe Hawksett was at home. He will not release any medical records, which, again, to be fair, it's not required, but it's just a customary thing that all candidates usually do. He won't release any of that information because he can't back up where he was the night of the riots. He said he was at home. You guys heard that right there. We've been told otherwise. And we were told the police, and Rick was very careful with his words right there. I'll give him credit. He knows how to play the game. Uh, Allowing the protesters to move, wink, wink, that to me sounds like they could have stopped a lot of stuff, but they were told to, quote, let them move through the city. One more clip here, because I know we got to hit a break. Uh, this is in that same interview with Alexis at Wish TV. When? What year was that? 2021. Okay, this 20, interview. Okay. Late 2021, okay. where you can just tell Joe set putting himself into a pretzel to not call it a riot.
3: As difficult as that weekend was, a Friday and a Saturday night where constitutionally protected protests (laughs) over the untimely death of George Floyd, we have had over the course of the last year and a half, over 150 peaceful protests in the city of Indianapolis.
4: Constitutionally protected protests. Two people got murdered, Nige.
0: Constitutionally protected riots, I think is what he meant to say.
4: Two people were murdered. Nora O'Donnell of CBS thinks that's a ridiculous way to spread that story. The protests in
5: late spring were mostly peaceful, but damage from looting and arson will cost $1 to $2 billion in claims. That's according to the Insurance Information Institute
4: constitutionally protected protest where two people were murdered like hundreds of stores were damaged graffiti on monuments damaged property and again murder multiple murders so i hope this debate Jefferson Shreve brings the heat. Jefferson, I know your people listen to this program. I don't like you and you don't like me. But don't say I didn't give you any sort of information and ammo here. Use this against Boss Hogset.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
0: The Hammer and Nigel
5: Show. I saw this. I thought it was kind of
0: funny. Hammer. Someone asked over fifteen thousand different people to weigh in on some common pet peeves. Here's what they said.
4: What are? What's a pet peeve? Like just kind of little
0: annoying things that you that just just bug the crap out of you, and you don't okay. know why. Maybe somebody else would look at it and say, "Well, that's not a big deal." But it's like a year, just little specific thing. Like, got The perfect example when someone puts their shopping cart next to the cart return, (laughs) but not in it. Oh, yeah. The grocery store, 82% think that's a valid pet peeve to have. Do you
4: agree? Is it valid? It's valid. I mean, the cart is literally right next door to you. You could probably just reach around and put it inside the cart corral instead of just leaving it in the parking spot, because now a gust of wind comes by. It could even hit your car. I think that says a lot about somebody who doesn't put their grocery cart back in
0: the cart, return and just leaves it wherever.
4: When I become the governor, we're going to execute those people. Okay,
0: okay. This one for me is huge. I hate this. In the digital age, we are streaming constantly instead of watching like a television antenna signal. When you're watching TV, and the audio and video are even a millisecond off. <laughs> I hate. I effing hate that. Eighty nine percent say that's a valid pet peeve to say. So, in other words, the 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 lips aren't matching up with the audio.
4: Right. It's like you're watching those old like kung fu style movies yeah, where they dubbed duh. in the subtitles. Yeah.
0: Yes. And what's even worse is when uh, sometimes I will occasionally turn on the closed caption, the CC. Where it will it will Show the dialogue right. In a written form Down at the bottom Of the screen When that's off When that's behind That drives me nuts Now the only reason I do that is Is if it's a It's a draw You know Some sort of movie Where it's complicated dialogue Like even uh, I did that for Succession On HBO Where the dialogue Is so quick And you have to be Paying attention To every word I right. watched it With this Closed caption Does that make me Like old fuddy duddy I don't know Or I just I really wanted to I really wanted to Get into the dialogue But I couldn't Follow along with what they were
4: saying sometimes. So to answer your question, yes, that does make you incredibly old and fuddy-duddy. But number two, have you ever watched a, if you're telling me you watched closed captioning, have you ever watched like a Biden press conference or speech with the closed captioning on?
0: <laughs> no, we should do that. Because
4: who's the poor bastard that has to write that out? How do you spell true international pressure?
0: <laughs> Get ready, bow. You're, You're gonna, gonna end for, for a problem. problem. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't like this one either. This is again, someone asked over fifteen thousand people to weigh in on some common pet peeves. You want to turn right on red, but the person in front of you was waiting to go straight. Fifty five percent say yeah, that's kind of annoying.
4: I'm all right with that. I mean, especially if it's like a two lane kind of deal. I get it. It's just bad luck. Now, I'm more upset about the shopping cart. I'm more upset about the TV kind of stuff. That just seems like eh, it's kind of the luck of the draw. When someone's
0: driving under the speed limit in the fast lane.
4: Now that, that need, that person needs to go to Guantanamo. 93% <laughs> with, with,
0: with KSM, Khalid yes. Sheikh Mohammed, and the guy that's driving in slow in the fast lane, huh? Louis Skolnick's dad got the cruise control set at 35. Uh, 93% think that's it's okay to get angry about that one, and that's actually illegal. I mean, that's a driving, that's a traffic violation. I don't have any
4: numbers or stats here, but I would believe that people going way too slow on the highway is probably right up there in terms of accidents caused with people speeding at a ridiculous rate. When someone puts the toilet paper
0: roll on the, quote, wrong way... 45% Forty-five percent, forty-five percent say that's valid. Fifty-five percent said, "Chill out. Not really. There's not really a wrong or right way to put the toilet paper roll on.
4: As long as it's there.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're in you're emergency, it's just I don't care if it's over or under. Right. It's it's, it's, it's got to be there. Now, I will say that if you know, sometimes my kids put the toilet paper
4: roll on backwards. I'll your kids put it on? How do you get them to do that? Because <laughs> really I got a grown ass adult and a yeah. high school sophomore, <laughs> and I have to fight this battle. Uh,
0: Let's see. We got time for one more here? There's, Do one there's more. There's a bunch here. Um, when someone in front of you at Starbucks has a high-maintenance order that takes forever.
4: Okay, substitute Starbucks for the bar. The bar, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like in the movie Cocktail with Tom Cruise up there. He's reading poetry, and he's making all these <laughs> fancy drinks. I just want a Miller Lite. The Alabama Slimmer? Excuse me, sir. I I just want a beer. I'm not done reading poetry and lighting five drinks on fire. Damn it. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. All
4: around the world. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is here and walking into the studio like a boss. Casey (laughs) Daniels from the Kendall and Casey Show every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon here at 93 WIBC. How are you? I'm doing good.
6: I'm really bummed you didn't say I sauntered in. Last week I sauntered in. Today I just walked, huh?
4: You mean business today. (laughs) Last week you want to be seen. This week... (laughs) I want to be heard. You want to be
6: heard. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Are you as excited as I am to hear what Tucker has to say with Larry Sinclair?
4: So, for those who might not know, reset who Larry Sinclair is.
6: Okay, this is the guy who, back in 1999, claimed that he gave Barack Obama $250, who then went and used that money to buy crack cocaine. And Larry Sinclair is also claiming that he performed oral sex on the president. Before he was
4: president. So we've got allegations of crack use Mm -hmm. and being, at the very least, bisexual with Mm -hmm. Barack Obama. Yeah. And this guy is speaking with Tucker Carlson. He's
6: speaking with Tucker tonight, and it's one of those Tucker on X shows. And I'm going to be fascinated to hear what he has to say because a few years back, Larry Sinclair was administered a polygraph test. Good old-fashioned lie detector. Lie detector, you got it. And it indicated that there was deception from the polygraph test. So is he telling the truth? Is he not telling the truth? Keep in mind, he was offered $100,000 to do this polygraph test,
4: and then apparently he failed it. Well, the, one, those things aren't exactly 100%. And number two, and I think this is the most important thing, let's just, for argument's sake, mm-hmm. say that this guy is a lunatic. Mm-hmm. He's a crackpot. He's making the whole stuff up. Mm-hmm. Do the folks on the other side of the political aisle who pushed the Russian hooker PP tape for two <laughs> years, do they get to give you a lecture on anything?
6: No, they don't. And does it really matter, unless Michelle Obama is going to run or unless. We find out that Barack Obama is still Geppetto pulling the Pinocchio strings in the background. And both Pinocchio of those things being... are popular.
4: Both of those things could absolutely happen, Casey. I'm telling you that right now.
6: And isn't that a great nickname for Biden, Pinocchio, with the nose growing every time he lies? Uh, but so tomorrow with Kendall and Casey, I want to let everybody know we have a very special interview with a federal polygraph administer and she is going oh. to get into this uh, regarding whether larry sinclair is lying or not and all about polygraph tests as you said are they going to be in studio no she is it's going to be on the phone because oh, this okay. person is actually in the nation's capital so we'll uh we'll get the inside on polygraphs and is it real not real everything they go to and her opinion on this i was so hoping it'd
4: be in studio so we could hook it up to rob oh my gosh could you imagine Have have you ever downloaded cartoon pornography? Maybe I should send her a plane ticket and get her
6: in here. Maybe, Please do maybe so. For a night with WIBC, that would be amazing.
4: Some lucky fan in the stands gets uh-huh. to come up and give a polygraph test to Rob Kendall. Right, right. That would be fantastic. Yeah, listen, the Tucker interview, it's going to be interesting, but again... I just don't know. Is this guy a lunatic? Maybe. But the other side, and you guys did a great job talking about Bill Maher yesterday. Mm-hmm. The other side doesn't get a chance to complain. Like, Bill Maher does not get a chance to complain about how extreme the woke crowd is. Yeah. Well, they're not liberals. No, they are. Well, he used to be their leader. Right. And You created this. You yeah, had a hand in this. Exactly,
6: exactly. And I love it when he'll say some things that resonate... But then every now and then, his blue is showing through. So right. you have to pay attention to that. You know what else I wanted to talk with you about? Did you hear Peter Ducey? I just love Peter Ducey so much in these green uh, Jean Pierre press conferences. <laughs> when he asked her why the White House treats Biden like a baby. Oh yeah.
4: Like we, a baby. We broke in. Like I think Matt Bear was at traffic yesterday in our program. It was mm-hmm. around 445. And that that's when uh, that clip started making its way around social media. And I was like, all right, we're not talking about lewd new dude in the news right now. We're going to absolutely play Peter Ducey very calmly, mm-hmm. very collective, yeah. asking, ha, ha, ha. Why do they treat him like a baby? Like a baby. She was so offended, but that's just ridiculous. And that's because of a book excerpt that's Mm -hmm. been out there where Biden was allegedly upset about the way they treat him, complaining they don't treat Kennedy this way, rabble, rabble. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, Casey, Mm -hmm. Kennedy wasn't falling up and down the stairs.
6: Falling up and down the stairs, leaving the Medal of Honor uh, ceremony early. Did you see that? That What was that? Okay, so this 81-year-old man was receiving the Medal of Honor The highest award, right? And before they could even do the closing benediction. Uh, Biden just walks out like he hears the applause. Okay. And and another thing. <laughs> this guy's so riled up. He's wearing his mask one minute when it fits him, but then when he's standing right next to the Medal of Honor recipient, he doesn't have his mask on. Although they say he's following CDC guidelines, the whole thing's ridiculous. He doesn't have COVID. Up. He tested it's, negative. It's Topsy Turvy, and then and then Jill Biden has COVID <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg has COVID. COVID, and they announced that on The View, and it was like, but you know what? She'll be back. It's all good. And do you notice the difference between the announcement now of, oh, it's COVID, no big deal, and the announcement A few years ago, it was like all hell broke loose, shut down production, wiped down the studio. We've all been exposed. Go home. Stay inside. 14 days. And now mm, we're going to choose when to wear a mask or not.
4: It's no big deal. But don't get it twisted, though, because there are some people. And if you watch that view clip, Sonny Hostin, Mm -hmm. that awful woman, Sonny Hostin. She's almost giddy that they're talking about COVID again. I know. Because they know Whoopi's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But Joy Behar is up there saying Whoopi's got COVID and the crowd has this gasp. Oh. But then, you know, they start talking about things and COVID's back. Yeah. And almost like she's excited that Christmas is the next day, Sonny hosting <laughs> starts talking about how COVID's back. They love this, Casey. They can't get enough of this because we all know what the game plan is mm-hmm. for the next year or so.
6: Yeah, it's magically reoccurring 14 months before an election. So Biden's economic advisor, Jared Bernstein, I don't know how you like this booger, Eater, but he says he says binomics is working for the American people, and sure that it's it very well received. Sure, it is. Point counterpoint. Do uh, they leave the house? Yeah. Uh, credit card delinquencies have spiked. Mortgage rates through the roof. Inflation remaining a problem. And if you don't think, l- let me just put this in layman's terms for you. If you're 50 years
4: old, you're you're coming up on 50, aren't you? I'm 45. I will be 46 in October. So let's not push me quite that far yet. Okay, but you'll get there one day, God (laughs) willing, and
6: let's just imagine that you had a million dollars in savings for your retirement at age 50, right? Okay. Okay. At this rate with inflation, which is at 3.18%, your $1 million in 25 years, imagine Jason Hammer at 75 years old. You saved a million dollars, you worked your butt off to get that money to retirement. When you're 75 years old, you know what that million dollars is worth because of Biden economics, $460,000.
4: Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'll settle for both right now, to be honest with you. I'll settle for both right now because I got a kid in college, Mm -hmm. and you know the deal. I know. It's tough out there, but... And people can't just retire at the age they want to anymore, unless you're an airline pilot, which they force you out. They force you
6: into it. Well, here's something interesting. The average planned retirement age has risen to 66 It used to be 60 in 1995, but now it's up to 66. Why? People
4: have to work to make ends meet now. Because
6: of inflation. And uh, WalletHub released the best cities to retire in, and they took in a lot of different factors. Obviously, economics was one of them, but also lifestyle activities and health care. And they looked at 180 cities across the country. Guess where Indianapolis ranks? Out of how many cities? 180.
4: I will say 100. 140. Oh, man, it gave us bottom. too much credit.
6: Yeah, so if you're coming up on that retirement age and you're wondering uh, where's a good city to retire to, they say that Tampa, Florida is the number one place to go to in the country.
4: I do love Tampa. Mm-hmm. I love Tampa. I like that area, St. Pete,
6: Madeira I Beach. I love it. I know, but that Sunshine Bridge is scary as hell, isn't it?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a big bridge guy to begin with. Me neither. I'm not a All bridge right. I it. Oh, I hear you. So, again, you've got somebody that's doing, well, not doing, but can talk about the polygraph test tomorrow.
6: Mm-hmm. Yep. She's going to uh, join us tomorrow, 9 until noon, with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. WIBC.
5: WIBC. Casey, thank you. Hey, thank you. It's a Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
7: Hey everybody, this is Jeff Foxworthy and you're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. I forgot about that Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, world famous comedian His birthday is birthday's today. Sixty five years old. I forget that we talked to him, man. And I was really disappointed earlier this year. He was a butler. I think at Clue's Hall, and it was a big charity event. And I had really good seats to go. And my my, I think the the the. Daycare or nightcare, a sitter, or whatever you call it, fell through at the last minute. My wife and I weren't able to go. When I heard it was really, really good and funny. I, he's a great comedian man.
4: friend of the show. He's been on a couple times uh, down with to, us
0: down to earth, too. like not pretentious or anything. just like one of us.
4: and one of the times that he joined us, we asked him, did any other comedians give you career advice when you first got going? When you were first getting going, was there ever somebody, like a consultant, or somebody you looked up to, that came to you and said, hey, kid, this whole redneck thing's not going to work out. You maybe (laughs) want to think about doing some other material here.
2: I I remember early on, I was doing a show at Catch a Rising Star in New York City, and Richard Belzer, literally, I came off stage, and he grabbed me by the shirt, and he pulled me out on the sidewalk out front. And he said, look, kid, I'm just trying to give you some good advice. He goes, that redneck stuff, that's stupid. It ain't going anywhere. You should work on something else. And so anytime I would see Bells after that, he said, aren't you glad I gave you the great advice about the redneck stuff?
4: So that was when uh, Jeff Foxworthy called into our program. I think that was last year.
0: That's an amazing story, though The bells <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that uh, You might be a redneck thing That's not really not gonna work You might wanna try something else <laughs> Meanwhile, he's a multi millionaires several times over, specifically because of that bit.
4: There's a Comedy Central roast, and I think it's in honor of Larry the Cable Guy. And Jeff Foxworthy, of course, is one of the panelists. All the redneck comedy tour guys are there. But Greg Giraldo, probably the greatest roast master of all time, right, Greg just yeah. went off on Foxworthy, went off on Larry the Cable Guy, and just wrapped it up by pausing, looking at them both, why are you so popular? <laughs> <laughs> like completely just accepting yeah. the fact that their careers <laughs> right. have just gone off the stratosphere. I know, and
0: as talented as and funny as Greg Giraldo was, his career was nowhere near on the level of of a Larry the Cable Guy or Jeff Foxworthy because they were so mainstream.
4: Right. So earlier we were talking about pet peeves little things that tend to drive you nuts nothing big but just kind of little things oh yeah and somebody had brought up the toilet paper roll being put on the wrong way
0: oh here it is uh, when so- okay this is you know someone asked 15,000 people to weigh in on random common pet peeves here's one that says when someone puts the toilet paper roll on the wrong way 45% say that's valid 55% say chill out No big deal. There's nothing, there's no really wrong or right way to put on a a roll of toilet paper.
4: Well, that sparked a big conversation. Not only did we have somebody tweet (laughs) at us uh, the patent design of the toilet paper roll, which I've retweeted that shows it clearly hanging down, but you'd mentioned, and I can't believe you actually get your kids to do this your kids yeah. change the role Yeah,
0: my oldest will but they'll they'll put it on like underneath they'll, they'll put it on the wrong way if i'm sitting there and it, I, I will make it so, like, I don't care, but I make it so that I put it, you know, the top over, you know, the right, coming down. I think that's the proper way, but whatever. To as their lo- credit, As long as it's there.
4: They put it on, though. Yes, my kids credit. do, yes. To which I countered with, I've got a 19-year-old who just moved out, I've got a high school sophomore, and neither one of these bums do anything. <laughs> well, I got a nasty little text from uh, one Chris Hammer. <laughs> Is that your oldest? Yep, the former intern of this radio. <laughs> (laughs) program. (laughs) Quote, I'm calling horse on your toilet paper thing. <laughs> I'm the only one in that house that puts it on the roll. Y'all lazy asses just sit it on top of the empty roll and yeah. call it a day.
0: Yeah, 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 there's that whole move when the roll's empty, so you go get a new roll, but you don't replace the old roll. You just kind of set it diagonals, kind of sideways on top of the old roll. Or like right? on top. Yeah. yeah that's if what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah.
4: And thing is, you're <laughs> sitting there, and most trash cans in a bathroom- It's right next to the toilet. Yeah. Right next to the can so all you got to do is reach over and put it in the can but there are some bums in our house i've been
0: known to do that
4: (laughs) so uh got a got a little reaction from chris hammer there all right coming up next beach grove's mayor dennis buckley he has ticked off about the crime and he's calling for the police to be a little tougher in Beach Grove. We've had the mayor on before, right? Yep, yeah, he's been on with us a couple times. We will have that conversation coming up just after four o'clock.
3: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! I
0: think I'm gonna like this segment. My name is Nigel hammer right over there
4: with a very special guest on the 93 wibc hotline he is the mayor of god's country beach grove indiana uh dennis buckley joins us mr mayor how are you I'm good. How are you guys today? Man, we're doing real well, and our audience knows I am a groovy Grover. I am a beach Grover. My kids, you know, one has graduated from there. My other one goes to school there. So it's always interesting to me to keep track on what's going on in the city. And this past week, it feels like it's been kind of a rough week in terms of crime with Beach Grove. Take me through what you're seeing right now in the city.
2: Well... We, uh, we get in these spells where we have crime, and uh, then it goes away, comes back, goes away. But it's a little different now. Um, we are seeing the type of crime that we aren't accustomed to in Beach Grove. Um, we've had the double shooting at uh, Night Owls, double shooting at Silver Bullet. We had uh, a double shooting at the Beach Grove Bowl and someone stabbed in the face at great times, all within the last two months. And that's uncommon for this area. But, uh, Jason, it's also unacceptable. And uh, uh, you, you guys know that I support our police 100%, and I'm going to do whatever I can to make it the best for them and to keep them safe the safest possible. But i got to tell you, uh, it's tough out there right now, and it's not Beach Grove people who are doing this. It's people who are, are coming in from the outside, especially the east side of Indianapolis. So it is a major, major challenge, and uh, it's something that, hey, you know what? Uh, you're going to have, as a police chief, you're going to have to address this, and you are going to have to get tough Uh to keep this out or try to stabilize it a little bit because it is tough right now.
4: So let's talk about that because you had a statement that uh, I read in an article on I think it was Fox 59's uh, website getting a lot of attention. Quote, this is you speaking about the police department from Fox 59. Quote, we got to get back to how police used to be and the police need to be more aggressive. And every once in a while, police need to hit people in the head to get order around here you stand by that mr mayor
2: yeah we have to get back if you can remember back 15 or 10 15 years ago at 11 o'clock at night in beach grove if you drove through the city or in the city there was a good possibility that you were going to be pulled over and you were going to be asked what are you doing we've gotten away from that and it's the reason we've gotten away from it is we have so many runs, they just can't keep up anymore. And when I talk about the police uh, being more aggressive, we, that's the only way that we can police anymore. And it's not just in Beach Grove, it's everywhere. And every once in a while, the police have to be the police, Jason. And they have to get rough with people. I'm not saying go out and hit people in the head and beat, beat them up. I'm just saying the police have to be the police. And society today, there are so many people that are against the police. The police may be afraid to do anything. And you, grow, as a mayor, in my perspective, you grow tired of that. And I'm tired of the way the police get treated. You know, where's the respect for the police officer? Now, we might have rogue cops. That's one thing. But, hey, the vast, vast majority of these men and women are good people who are trying to make a go of it and keep the peace. And they're not getting that opportunity anymore because people are down on the police. And after 12 years of being mayor, I'm tired of it.
0: Beach Grove Mayor Dennis Buckley here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Mr. Mayor Nigel here. Um, wh- wh- what do you think of the job that uh, the Marion P- County Prosecutor's Office is doing in terms of keeping violent felons in jail instead of letting them out of the revolving door of the criminal justice system and saying, oh, yeah, look, I know you committed this violent act, but you know, we're just going to put a ankle bracelet on you and hope you return f- to court at a later date, and hope you don't commit more acts of violence. I mean, I think that's part of it. Is it definitely part of a uh, part of it? Is the the police being scared almost to, um, to 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 pursue criminals and to draw their weapon if need be for fear of being called a racist or being thrown under the bus by uh, the the current administration in charge? But also, I mean, we, we've got to have a strong prosecutor that puts these people in jail and keeps them there instead of letting them out. And these criminals aren't dumb, Mr. Mayor. They know that if they commit a crime, they're going to get back out. They can go to other parts of the Donut Counties. They can go to Beach Grove and commit those same crimes
2: and not have anything happen to them. Well, I think uh, police get demoralized because they arrest someone. Yes. And then within eight hours, they see him on the street. So uh, the mentality might be, well, we're just not going to arrest them anymore. But uh, going back to your uh, question, Nigel, I would give the prosecutor probably a D, D minus. Mm. Uh, let me give you an example of what happened the other day. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had an officer uh, involved in a shooting. And I don't want to get into the details of the case, but I can tell you that the The person that was shot stole a car, he was three times this year, three times already this year, he was arrested for separate felonies, and he was out of jail. And he was out of jail, and he stole a car, and we ended up in a police action shooting. The guy should have never been out of jail. And that's why I get so frustrated.
4: Well, Mr. Mayor, um, you are a Democrat. You're the Democrat mayor of Beach Grove. The folks we're talking about in charge of Marion County also have that D next to their name. Have you had conversations with uh, Ryan Mears or Joe Hawkset about the ramifications of what they're doing in Indianapolis and how it affects your community?
2: No, I have not had. I had not had conversations with the prosecutor. I've had conversations with the mayor's chief of staff. Yes.
4: And have you had any conversations with the police at Beach Grove? What are their thoughts?
2: Uh, yes, I talk to them all the time. I talked to them again today. Yes.
4: And do they feel like this statement that you gave to Fox 59, which could be taken out of context by people who don't really know the story, where you're saying the police have to be tough, they've got to go out there and pull mm-hmm. people over and hit them in the head. Did anybody take that the wrong way? Uh, yeah, I. but
2: surprisingly, uh, Jason, today... I've had several phone calls of people who agree they want to support the police. So I was kind of taken back by that just a little bit. Of course, you get the people who want me to resign tomorrow. Well, you know that's not going to happen. Uh, but I read these statistics for the Beach Grove Police for the month of July. We've had 77 gun arrests this year. That's way up than what we have used to have. And we encounter that every day. And drug arrests are up, uh, violent crimes. Uh, We had this time last year, we had 39 violent crimes. We've had, we're at 43 right now. So that's, that's about a 4% increase. So that's not too bad. But my point is to the police department is we are going to have to change the way, not only Beach Grove, but law enforcement in general is going to have to change the way that they police. Uh
4: Mr. Mayor, you are an outgoing mayor. You're not running for re election. There will be a new mayor in Beach Grove next year. What message would you give whoever wins, whether that's the Republican or the Democrat, whether that's a Skirvin or Kaufman, what advice would you give them about what's happening in the city right now?
2: Well, you know, and I'm just I'm just being honest with you. Uh, I work with Jim Kaufman every day. He's a clerk. And I point out that, and I point out two to three years from now, you have to get, it's not just Beach Grove, Jason, if you don't get a handle on this, and the way you get a handle on it is you've got to be aggressive, then you take a great, great risk of losing your city. And this all started back when they had the riots in downtown. Ever since then, we have been in a free fall. And now crime is all over the place. Not just Indianapolis, not just Beach Grove. It's in Southport, it's in Speedway, it's in Lawrence. It's all over the place.
4: Do you think that's a result of Democrat policies?
2: Could be. Uh, I uh, think it's uh, part of it is, I think, leadership in IMPD.
4: Interesting. All right. Well, I tell you what, Mr. Mayor, we appreciate you taking the time to join us to kind of set the record straight about these comments and talking about crime and how Indianapolis and the donut counties are affected by what happens here. Uh, Best of luck to you, and if we don't talk to you uh, before the next election, thank you for coming on with us. All right. You guys have a good...
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
0: Today, and Nigel presents
8: is.
2: It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer,
0: how do we this anything?
4: I am going to run some stories by you. You tell us if the story in question is anything or not. Actor and known lunatic Gary Busey <laughs> rear-ended a woman in Malibu and then fled the scene but she chased him down in the parking lot asking for his information. It was all captured on video. Listen as Gary Busey tells her his insurance provider, is private and then he backs what? out and he takes off with the beach boys blaring in the background <laughs> you wiped out.
8: it doesn't matter that's not
6: how this works you hit my car you have scuffs all over your car progressive insurance i want the number i want the information no, no. sir you I'm hit private. my car i'm
2: private yeah. it
6: doesn't matter you hit me you hit my car <laughs> no you rear ended me you can't hit someone and then leave Yo, that's not okay.
8: (laughs) You hit my car. Sir,
5: you don't get to just leave hitting someone. Dude. (laughs) You can't hit someone and then just leave.
0: Yeah, that's something. That's Gary <laughs> Busey. Obviously, I watched the video. That's v- Gary Busey, rear-ending somebody and saying, uh, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm private." And, uh, <laughs> that's your excuse. He goes, "What did he say? Uh, pr- uh, progressive Insurance. It's fine. Just 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 call Progressive. I'm private." <laughs> yeah, he deserves to go to jail for that. I'm sorry, hit and run. That's I mean, what it that's, is. That's, that's that's you can't do that. You at least need to be taken into custody and processed and. And uh, clearly a crazy old man. I don't know why. Maybe he was hammered, and that's why he didn't. I mean, I, I think he's been sober, quote, unquote, sober for a long time. He used to have a problem with drugs and alcohol. Uh, who knows why he didn't want to just... Usually, you don't call the police in situations like that anymore, do you? You just trade uh, insurance information, and then that's it. I mean, police aren't going to... Unless
4: there's an injury, or or
0: your car's disabled.
4: Yeah. Last car accident, I got in the police came but it happened like in the middle of it, like an intersection. Like somebody was trying to do an illegal U turn and just blasted me. Um, and my car wasn't able to make it to the side of the, the road.
0: Last time I hit a car a couple of years ago I was backing out of the mechanics shop after getting my truck worked on and I made a sharp turn and and wrecked into um or a side swiped a parked car. Oh no!
4: You just got it fixed, I, and you uh,
0: crashed yeah, right I away. I know, so uh, it just did. It just did body damage, but I left my you know name and insurance card number with the mechanic shop, and they got a hold of the person. And I, I don't even remember if I talked to him or not. I may have just talked to the insurance company. Uh, Gary Busey, most known for
4: being a lunatic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, nominated for an Oscar for the Buddy Holly story.
4: Yeah. Uh point break. Yes. Uh, he, was he was Chet Steadman and rookie of the year. The oh, grizzled old Cubs one. pitcher that took young Henry Rowengardner under his wing.
0: How about the um how about Lethal Weapon? Do you remember him in Lethal Weapon, Joshua? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, he was the tough guy, the enforcer that lit the uh, lighter underneath his forearm to that's show— that's right—to
4: show how tough he was. To, he was in Black Sheep with Chris Farley. <laughs>
0: he played a legit lunatic. He played himself, basically. Uh, also, highly underrated movie, highly underrated role. Short, not not a very big role, but he played Eddie Lomax in the movie The Firm with Tom Cruise.
4: I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah, great. I love The Firm.
4: That yeah. had Wilford Brimley in it too, right? Yeah,
0: they were both yeah, yeah, Wilford Brimley was a bad guy.
4: Like, you had a couple grizzled old red asses mm-hmm. in that thing along with Tom Cruise, Wilford Brimley and Gary Busey. So, if you're right that this is hit and run and the police had to get involved, how many shots from the taser do you think it required <laughs> the police to shoot, to bring old Busey down? Man,
0: I watched that video. He's not looking too good. And he already had that, you know, years ago, the motorcycle accident that kind of effed him up to begin with, with his brain. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to, oh, oh my gosh, how could I forget this movie back in 1985? One of those movies I'd go over to my dad's house and watch. And I wasn't supposed to watch it, but I watched what he wanted to watch. The movie Silver Bullet. I've never seen Stephen it. Stephen King-inspired movie uh, about a werewolf. I've never ki- seen it. Killing people in a small town. Corey Haim is a wheelchair-bound kid.
4: Was Gary Busey the and, wolf? And Gary, no,
0: no. Gary Busey was his uncle. <laughs> un- uncle Red, I believe. Boy, that's another, that's another movie that just kind of... I was nine years old watching that movie. It's just so violent. The werewolf kills kids in the movie. Oh
4: wow, just just awful. But again, are you sure Gary Busey wasn't the no, werewolf? No, he was not. <laughs> he
0: wasn't the werewolf. That was whoever played the Reverend in that movie. Was the actually the werewolf? Not the spo- spoiler alert. The Reverend in the movie Silver Bullet was the werewolf. <laughs>
4: uh, guy in the YouTube chat. I uh, was also on the Celebrity Apprentice with Donald. Trump. Trump, I forgot about that, and hmm. like I tried to find Apprentice episodes on streaming recently. You can't find them anywhere. Not you went w- on,
0: was it on thirteen? Is it a, yeah? I, I searched
4: everywhere, and I could not find old Apprentice episodes. Because even before there was Celebrity Apprentice, I kind of like the just Apprentice episode because I was like a marketing guy, and I was in that kind of stuff too. And I thought, man, he can learn a few tricks of the trade here, and I don't know if it's because some of these network heads are so never Trump or whatever. Maybe it's on Peacock. I haven't searched Peacock, but it's not on Netflix or Hulu.
0: Maybe Trump has rights to it. Possibly. not not releasing them.
4: It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Oh, you were wondering where you could get The Apprentice? In terms of streaming Yes Uh Steve writes in The Apprentice is available Free on Roku Canela.tv What the
4: hell is that?
0: In Free TV Club Uh
4: Sounds like something that's going to give me a idea, virus. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, so there's your answer for that. I, I did not watch. I, I and there's a reason I didn't watch Mitch McConnell's latest episodes and in a Senate Minority Leader, his latest kind of freezing up. Um, I, I just don't like watching that crap. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It's so awkward and so it's even sad a little bit. And I, I swear to God. It, m- Mitch McConnell is in his 80s. So is Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones. There is such a difference in terms of vitality and awareness and activity. Uh, Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden are the same person to me. And you got a guy like uh, Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones, who Rolling Stones are getting ready to release another album, first in 18 years. New material. New material. Like Mick Jagger is... (laughs) I mean, I think there's something to be said for lifestyle. He's always active. He's dancing every night of his life. He's as skinny as a rail. Looks great. I, I don't Sex, know if gonna... drugs, and rock and well, roll sure. have made him
4: look like a million bucks. You know, when you're
0: 80 years old and dating a 30 year old. Yeah, that's the fountain of youth,
4: brother. And damn, boy, does that Mitch. mean Rob Kendall's gonna look good when he gets older? <laughs> is that what that means? Is Rob Kendall gonna be looking really good, and wow. we're gonna be up there freezing like McConnell?
0: Um, so the reason I bring this up again is, is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell out of Kentucky. He did make a passing reference to his latest freezing episode during um, some remarks on the floor. Now, one particular
2: moment of my time back home has received its fair share of attention in the press over the past week. But I assure you, August was
0: a busy and productive month for me and my staff back in the Commonwealth. Okay.
4: So, here's the thing, though. And, and
0: by the way, rightly so, it deserved attention.
4: Right, because it's the second time that it's happened recently. But if you notice, you don't see a lot of Democrats coming out and going, the Republicans have to make a change. They've got to remove Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Number one, because they've been getting over on Mitch McConnell for years. With the exception of uh, Obama's Supreme Court justice, Mitch McConnell has been getting done dirty by the Democrats. And number two, if they are so adamant about removing Cocaine Mitch, then they have to look in the mirror and go, oh crap, we've got to have this same conversation about Diane Feinstein Stein, who the last time we saw her making a vote, she had no idea what was going on, and her aides basically had to tell her word for word what to say.
5: Senator Feinstein.
4: Um, you say aye. Pardon me? Aye.
6: Uh, to I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides eight hundred and twenty-three billion. That's an increase it's of six yes no billion no. <laughs> for the Department of Defense. And it funds priorities submitted. Yeah,
2: just say aye. Just
8: okay. Shut up
6: just, and, yeah.
0: Aye. Great aye. <laughs> Just shut up and say
4: aye. So some aide fresh out of college, in essence, is acting as Diane Feinsteinstein right now. And let's not even get into the fact that if the Democrats want to go after Mitch McConnell, they've got a little Biden-Fetterman situation. Uh, last week, we were open. <laughs> 95, 95,
7: 95. You know.
3: Um, you know Well guess what? Less than we, of a guy driving a truck, hit a but anyway. And now I'm
7: standing next to the president, again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed. This is a president that is committed to infraction. Yeah, and then on top of that, at the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, law of the inflation bill.
0: I mean, in defense of Fetterman, that was probably about the most accurate description of Joe Biden I've ever heard. <laughs> A collapsed, collapsed bridge. By like the beginning of that. What was that noise? Was that Biden at the very beginning? Going, I, I, uh, uh, yes. What, what was that? Last <laughs>
8: week. <laughs> One more time. Last week. Yeah.
4: And defenders of Biden are going to come out and say, you're laughing at his stutter problem. Uh, No, shut up. That's not a stutter problem. That's a senile old goat. And with Fetterman, Fetterman's not even old. Well, I mean, he's old, but not this old. He's not McConnell, Biden, Feinstein, Stein old fit to serve. That's the thing. So whether it's Republicans or Democrats, these audio clips that we just played for you, These are the people making your decisions on your health care. These are the people deciding who comes across the border. These are the people deciding how much you pay in taxes. They're making decisions for you. These people need to be in a nursing home. And whether it's McConnell or Fetterman, I find myself angry at their spouses. How do you let your spouse go out there and embarrass themselves like that? Like I told my wife a long time ago, told the coupon lady, if I ever get to the point, and maybe it's sooner rather than later, that I can't speak and I'm embarrassing and nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about— tell me to retire if you love me tell me to retire these people do the opposite they're so power thirsty feather fetterman's wife mcconnell's wife they want to stay in that spotlight they're willing to kill their husbands and it's gross so anthony blinken he's back in the ukraine today meeting with Zelensky.
0: oh surprise
4: visit from the u.s secretary of state huh as polls show that the majority of Americans opposing more funds to Ukraine until we get things taken care of here, it sounds like they're getting ready to announce another $1 billion for Ukraine. $1
0: billion. Billion. And the thing is, this unannounced visit to Kiev is is pretty dangerous. I mean... The Russians are still bombing. They killed five people last week where they're random shelling in Ukraine. There's nothing on this agenda. Like, I'm reading this stupid agenda with Blinken. It's, they're talking about the, the slow Ukraine counteroffensive. They're talking about the Black Sea Grain Initiative. They're talking about how, as you mentioned, uh, he's going to reassure... Zelensky, that they still have a blank check all of this could have been done over teams right. or, or zoom right or whatever and uh, there i also read this crazy thing where they're they uh, the united states is going to fund infrastructure projects and restoring the power grid why the hell would they do that when russia is still shelling them what's the point I, I this whole thing man and that that that's a big number
4: that's, 1 billion dollars on top of what's already been. Think about what this country could do if that money were actually given to causes worthwhile. Uh, Community centers, mentor programs in the inner city, helping Hawaii recover from those fatal fires, helping Florida recover. Now, I know they're giving a little bit of money to those places, too, but imagine how much Faster The process could be if we took care of what we're doing here at home. Now, over the weekend, you had an interview on MSNBC where Vivek Ramaswamy was talking to the Reverend Al Sharpton about all of our tax dollars and Ukraine. I'm the only true anti-war candidate in either political party now when it comes to Ukraine.
3: I would take issue that when I opposed the war in Iraq and going for weapons of mass destruction that wasn't there, so I ended up being right, you can't compare that to the United States supporting Ukraine defending itself against Russia. So Look, I think the there's a myth thing.
8: that Ukraine's actually—I think I was against the Iraq war then, but I'm consistent now. Ukraine is not some
2: democracy that we've now painted it to be. I think this is a, a regime is that is— in
3: I think I respectfully disagree. Place where I uh, we have NATO around it, but all right, all right, we can agree to disagree. Ukraine on that. Ukraine is Let not a NATO ally, associated. and, and Ukraine does advance U.S. interests. So that's so that's one, one of the things that's distinctive about you. my
5: views.
0: And not only that, but again, a billion dollars this time around for money to Ukraine, which even the New York Times wrote an article, pretty much saying that Kiev is is rife with corruption.
4: Right. And Ukraine has been that way for a long time. Where is that money going? Who's keeping track of it? Is there an oversight? <laughs> I've, I've seen some of the money end up on the black market. Yeah, and, and purchased by Mexican weapons. drug cartels. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, real quick before we hit a break. Oh, boy. Yesterday, United Airlines, uh, they grounded all of their planes for a little bit. They said they had a glitch, a computer glitch. Mm -hmm. They came out today and said it was not a cyber attack. Okay, so there were a lot of reports that Russian hackers caused delays. United Airlines came out today and said the glitch that grounded all of their planes was not a cyber attack. that's a relief. But that just means this is the second time in about what six to eight months that a major glitch has grounded airlines where's pete Buttigieg? where is the transportation guru now, when you need him hold
0: on he wrote a sternly worded letter a couple of months ago to the airline saying they better get their act together
4: The last time we had a major glitch happened, Hammer and Nigel Records teamed up with Pete Buttigieg and some of his favorite recording artists to put out this song. You've heard Travel Secretary Pete Buttigieg talk all about the glitch that grounded over 6,000 flights. Glitches or complications uh, happen all the time. Well, now you can celebrate the fact that your flight didn't get off the ground until well after 9 a.m. in song. Hammer and Nigel Records <laughs> presents Pete Buttigieg, The Duets. Your favorite travel secretary <laughs> singing songs with your favorite superstars like Meredith Brooks, I
8: roll into a mm. a glitcher. Elton John. Glitcher. <laughs> Ludicrous. Oh, Charlie <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Daniels bad.
2: Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again. I done told you once, you son of a glitch. I'm <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hold it in order. right now. We'll throw in this complimentary copy of Freedom Rock.
8: Hey man, is that Freedom Rock? <laughs>
4: we'll put it up, man. He should the duets from Hammer and Nigel Records. From Hammer and Nigel Records. Bravo.
2: You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one.
0: We are gonna read booze because it's really fun. Once it hits
8: your lips, it's so good. Hammer
0: and Nigel present <laughs> booze news, booze news, booze
8: news. <laughs> Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Time for- uh.
0: So with the return of COVID, uh, never forget this brand new, amazing at-home COVID test that involves beer. Go ahead.
5: My friend told me about a home COVID test. I'm going to share it with you, so follow along. It could save your life. Open a can of beer. (laughs) Now what you do is you smell it, and then you taste it. (laughs) If you can smell it and taste it, You don't have (laughs) COVID-19. Last night, I did this test 19 times. (laughs) They all came back negative. Good. Tonight, I'm going to do the test again because I woke up with a headache. (laughs) And I'm afraid I might be coming down with something. I'm so nervous. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: That is the at-home <laughs> COVID test. I'm
0: going to go home and take 10 tests tonight myself, Hammer. <laughs> Love it. Great idea. Hammer and Nigel. Can you
8: believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock them!
0: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, You were telling me about this little game we're getting ready to play right before we came on the air. What
4: What is this game called? How well do you know KJP? What is this? What are we doing? So, here in just a moment, I'm going to read the text of a question that was asked earlier today in the White House press briefing. You have to tell me how you think Corinne Jean Pierre ha, 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 is going to respond. Okay? So. Oh, man. Here's the situation. House Republicans have sent a letter to the National Archives requesting unredacted records from the office of then-Vice President Biden. So here's the question that was asked to the White House Press Secretary earlier today. Quote... How do you respond to criticism that shows there was no wall between then-Vice President Biden's work and his family business dealings? Did Corrine Jean-Pierre A. Lie, B. Tell the truth, or C, not given an answer slash not qualified to answer.
0: I was, I would definitely say C. I would be something along the lines of we've already addressed this. Uh, next question, please. I'm or I'm not qualified to comment about that. It's, it's, What was it again? What was the number? I'll I'll take letter C.
4: C. Okay. Letter C is your answer. Not going to give an answer. Not qualified. Let's see how the White House press secretary responded (laughs) to questions (laughs) about the Biden crime family. Uh,
3: Email traffic between Kate
6: Bettingfield and Eric Schwerwin, who's a longtime Hunter Biden business associate, in which um, Bettingfield signed off on quotes um, that should be used to respond to media inquiries about Hunter's involvement in Burisma, um, how do you respond to criticism that that shows there was no wall between then-Vice President
7: Biden's work and um, his family's business dealings?
5: I understand the
8: question. I appreciate the question. I get the question. I'm just going to let the White House counsel uh, team answer that question. Uh, there you go. I knew it. There you go. I knew. It. No answer,
4: not qualified to answer. Big Nige is a winner on How Well Do You Know? (laughs) I like this game. I think I'd be pretty good at this game. (laughs) So While the White House was having their press briefing talking about what James Comer and the Oversight Committee is trying to get from the National Archives group, Fox News had a guest on to talk about the big guy, to talk about Joe Biden. And the guest who was on Sean Hannity's program last night was ESPN's Stephen A. Smith. It is a disgrace for the Democratic Party to call themselves progressives when they're
3: virtually begging an 82-year-old man at election time to run for re-election that is the point that i was making you're supposed to be progressive right you're supposed to be moving forward you're supposed to be thinking forward you're supposed to be being innovative and younger and all of this other stuff and you're leaning on the hopes and the prayers of an 82-year-old who, who would be Joe Biden's 80 right now He'd be 80 81 he'll be 82 at the time of re-election wow. if that were to happen to depend doing him is an indictment against the democratic party
4: stephen a smith on with sean hannity last night but again it's like we've been talking about for a couple of weeks all
0: the democrats criticism of joe biden has to do with one thing and one thing only the only thing they can come up with is his age not his business dealings with hunter not the the open border not his handling in Afghanistan. Uh, Not not giving billions and billions and billions a blank check to Ukraine. It's just his age. The drugs
4: just pouring across the border, like the fentanyl story is a major deal. It's a major story. It's killing young people at an alarming rate in this country. Over the past couple of years, it's, it's in the six figures. And it's really worse in minority communities. But yet, the biggest problem, and you're so right, Nige, is that Joe Biden's old. Which I agree, but that's what you're coming up with? That's the reason why he shouldn't be running for president. Okay. Not the botched withdrawal of Afghanistan or the blank check to Ukraine the economy. The way he's handled natural disasters, basically against his will going to Hawaii and then comparing people who have lost their children to him almost losing his corvette, <laughs> just ignoring East Palestine oh. altogether. Yep. I mean, this guy, there's a laundry list of things you could go after, but falling down and being old should be middle to the bottom of that pack. But Stephen A. Smith, to his credit, yeah. goes on with Sean Hannity. The fact that those two are friends—that's th- like the odd couple, yeah. isn't it? It's like when Laura Ingram used to date Keith Olbermann. What oh. the hell did those two talk about? Like I told Rob Kendall this the other day. I don't like Laura Ingram because she <laughs> used to date Keith Olbermann. I'm sure she might be the nicest person imaginable. Our friend Brian Baker may disagree. Well, Ki- Kimberly Guilfoyle used to be married to Gavin Newsom Twosome. right? Right. So I don't know. know, Just, you know, uh, with Don Jr. Politics yeah, literally yeah. making strange bedfellows. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump set to attend the Iowa-Iowa State big football game this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think this is a brilliant move. Obviously, Iowa is ground zero for the Republicans right now. And the biggest game on the schedule, Iowa and Iowa State big rivalry game. Donald Trump will be in attendance.
0: Trump's been making some accusations on True Social about um, you know the January 6th committee destroying evidence. Hasn't
4: he? He has been very busy yeah. on Truth Social. As a matter of fact, he's been so busy, we're going to bring in a special someone to oh. read some of these responses. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio, our pal Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin, pull up a chair. Get pretty little guy. Alvin, please read this Truth Social post from former President Donald Trump.
8: The highly partisan January 6th committee of political hack and thugs, have been found to have deleted and destroyed all evidence and findings of the recently ended Committee of Trump Persecution and Hatred. This is a highly illegal act to, among other things, protect crazy Nancy Pelosi for her grossly <laughs> incompetent or intentional actions regarding her weak and inadequate response to security measures yeah. taken at the Capitol, for which she was responsible. This evidence is now criminally destroyed. Wow.
4: <laughs> Alvin,
0: <laughs> bringing the energy. And, Gee, and heavy accusations about evidence destroyed that could show Nancy Pelosi was dereliction of you know derelict of her duty to to, to help protect the,
4: the Capitol that day and calling in more police officers and more troops. And I feel like I'm gonna have a my Kanye West moment right now. Nancy, I'm happy for you, and I'm gonna let you finish. But before there was destroyed evidence, <laughs> there was insider trading. You're one of the greatest <laughs> insider traders of all time. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to take no, away from okay. Alvin. Uh, Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks in studio. We have one more Truth Social that uh, the little guy's going to read for us.
8: Myth, the prosecutor who is continuously overturned due to his unchecked and insane aggression investigating the political hacks and thugs of the highly partisan January 6th Unselect Committee for tampering with, <laughs> deleting, and destroying highly confidential and classified documents, pictures, tapes, evidence, and all forms of other important information? If not, why? I fully believe it is because the evidence in question destroys his fake election interfering case. Dismiss suit. (laughs) (laughs) Alvin from
4: Alvin and the Chipmunks,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Wow, heavy accusations from the president there of uh, destroying and tampering with evidence.
4: Can I hear you, Nige, as Donald Trump? Can I get a deranged Jack Smith? Is deranged Jack Smith the prosecutor? (laughs) That's all I need. He was continuously (laughs) averaging. That's all that I need. That's going to get me through. I got it. I got it in my veins. (laughs)
8: really okay are you okay
4: everything's gonna be okay are you okay, are you
7: okay? yeah I'm fine I'm
1: pretty, pretty? far from okay <laughs> are you okay with this on the
0: hammer and nigel oh, yeah I really loved seeing this yesterday. Uh, even though what happened afterwards was so absurd, Hammer. Uh, the, this helicopter pilot, Captain Larry Taylor, received the Medal of Honor for for uh, rescue in Vietnam. Saved four men. He picked them up. It was a straight out of a movie. He picked these guys up with his helicopter, and they clung to the outside as he flew away because there was no room inside the helicopter for them. Now here is President Biden. Uh, giving the Medal of Honor to Larry
3: Taylor. He refused to give up, refused to leave a fellow American behind, refused to put his own life above the lives of others in need. When duty called, Larry did everything, did everything to answer. Because of that, he rewrote the fate of four families for generations to come. And I love the honoring. I, I don't care if it's Biden
0: or Bush or Clinton or Trump doing this. I thought it was awesome. But then you saw the footage afterwards of this hammer after he gave that speech and put the Medal of Honor on Captain Taylor. Biden just walked out of the room before the ceremony
4: was over. Are you okay with this? I'm okay with him receiving his honor. I'm not okay with the person that was giving him the honor. Because Captain Larry Taylor deserves so much better than Joe Biden. He just walked off. And I know we talked about this earlier, but he just walked off (laughs) and left him hanging there. Like, the poor guy standing up there, and he doesn't know what to do, so he just stands there and hangs out for a little bit. And it just—I'm sorry. It's just so disingenuous, listening to Joe Biden talk about how brave— Taylor was for not leaving an American behind, when that's exactly what Joe Biden did with the Afghan withdrawal. How many people got left behind during that botched situation in Afghanistan? So, I wish Captain Larry Taylor would have had somebody else, literally anybody else on the planet, giving him that award, but a even as bad as Joe Biden is, it can't take away from the badassery that is Captain yeah. Larry Taylor.
0: And there's another, there's a side note to this as well, because we had the story, uh, I believe, yesterday, that uh, doctor, the good doctor, Jill Biden, testing positive for COVID, and it would be the ongoing policy of Joe Biden, the president, to wear a mask whenever he's indoors. And guess what he wasn't wearing yesterday, standing right next to Captain Taylor, who's an elderly gentleman as well. He was unmasked, no mask for for Joe Biden. I'm not saying masks work, I don't care, but they made a point. KJ Payton made a point to say, hey, whenever he's indoors with lots of people in close proximity, he will be masked up.
4: He's right in this guy's face. Those are the (laughs) rules of engagement that they set up. Because, listen, Joe Biden tested negative. He should be up there with no mask on. But it's his administration that said indoors he's going to be having to wear a mask when he's around people. People. He's next to an old man, an old war hero. I'm surprised Joe didn't fire off a snot rocket while he was up there. He has
0: a record, and we've seen this on camera of him like uh, like a procession. Like he'll cough into his hands and then shake hands with like a fourth grader or something like that that's right. visiting. He'll cough in his hands and then shake hands with the people that he's about to uh, meet. All Maybe right. he's not sniffing their
4: hair. Maybe he's just wiping <laughs> his nose.
0: Oh, gross. Oh, and that goofy look on his face after he got done with that speech and he just kind of jaunted on out of there with, uh, you know, he's got a huge smile on his face and just left the ceremony before the benediction had even taken place. Time for pudding. A, yeah. <laughs> Matlock. Gotta go see Matlock. A New Jersey business owner was arrested for allegedly using a drone uh, allegedly using a drone to drop green dye into the pools of local residents and businesses. Here is Sandra Woolston, the GM of Quality Inn and Chief James Laughlin talking about this guy, Patrick, uh, owner of Comfort Solutions heating and cooling, uh, allegedly dropping dye into
2: pools. I saw it totally green, and I was like, oh, wow, what is going on? So we saw a dye pack in the bottom of the pool, and we didn't know what it was. We had a resident who was enjoying time in his pool and saw a drone flying over top, and the drone actually dropped something in his pool that made his pool
0: (laughs) turn green immediately. So this guy, for S s's and giggles, just takes his drone and flies it to neighbors' pools and businesses and turns
4: their pools green. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not okay with this. And this type of behavior requires a response. I fully expect the folks at the Quality Inn to get together and fight back the way that the Lambda 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 fraternity did when their <laughs> house was ransacked by the Alpha Betas. I don't know if this is a panty raid. I don't know if this is, you know, wait till their kids go to school and you dye them green. Something has to happen. There has to be payback. There has to be retribution. An eye for an eye, baby. At least they arrested this guy, and how much time and just
0: how bored do you have to be Get it into your head. Oh, this will be funny. I'll take this thousand dollar drone that I own and drop green dye in my neighbor's pool.
4: I mean, this is where we're at in America. This is, I mean, does this kind of have a job? Now, big picture, and maybe I'm making way too much of this, which can happen at times. No. Does this show how? Easy we could be attacked in this country. Oh like, no. Let's no, just say the, the Chinese right. or some group that's a terrorist organization decides to get a bunch of these drones and just drop bombs on various sporting events or parades or hotels or things like that.
0: And you're not talking about these these like birds of prey, these predator drones that the military uses. You're talking like the remote control drones that like are handheld remotes that are like the you could buy online at
4: Amazon. Right. The police yeah, it, use it, them. Like yes. TV stations use them. They're already using
0: them in Ukraine and Russia. We've seen uh, several drone attack, uh, drone attacks, uh, happening on uh, the Russian side of the border over there. All right, Peyton and Eli Manning, ready for another season of. Manning cast, Hammer, their Monday Night Football commentary simulcast, uh, they did this, <laughs> this promo is pretty funny, featuring several celebrities, um, it's like, I, I think they're spoofing, auditioning people for a third host to join the show, along with Eli, and I listen for Mike Tyson at the end here, a great final Brit, uh, also with Tom Brady here. Hi,
1: I'm Jared Goff, quarterback,
3: here to audition. So, Jared, how excited are you about the opportunity to be on the most popular show on television? Isn't this for the Manning cast? I'm just here because you guys have the most punchable faith in the history of punching faces. Wow. Reese Witherspoon. I mean, we're honored you'd even consider auditioning for the Manning cast.
8: Manning what? Oh, no, I was calling to bundle my home and auto. Aren't you the insurance guy?
3: <laughs> well, we tried our best. Guess you just the two of us again this season. Unless there's someone on that list who is just perfect for the job. Not on this list. Nope.
7: I didn't get the Manning cast job. I guess I'll just come back and play football again. (laughs) So it's Tom Brady
4: jumping in at the end. Are you
0: okay with this? And did you like that promo? What is the Manning cast exactly?
4: So when ESPN airs Monday Night Football, you've got two different options to watch the game. You can watch it the traditional way, Mm -hmm. where the broadcaster, the color guy they're just talking about what's happening during the game. There's also the Manning cast, which one of the ESPN channels does at the same time where you're watching the game with Peyton and Eli and they've got like a telestrator and they're breaking things down, special guest, they've got like a game on part of the screen, special guest part of the screen, and it's kind of like you're watching the game with your buddies. And I which is more entertaining to you. The Manning cast, you think so? Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, th- if it were just two other guys, I don't know if it would work. But the Manning brothers, but right, yeah. they give each other crap. And Eli, he's the funny one of this group. Believe it or not, the way he makes Peyton uncomfortable, it's so good. I Nobody mean, gets under Peyton's skin like, <laughs> like Eli does.
0: Uh, real quick, a new study shows that almost half of people don't feel that the um, the baby on board decals work, keeping people safer in their cars. In fact, less than 10% say they Always work? Are you okay with the baby on board decals on
4: cars? No, they don't work because I intentionally go hunting. When I'm looking to crash my car, oh. I'm looking for baby on board. What's wrong with you? I'm looking for a couple different things. If you've got like a uh, a sack hanging off of your uh, hitch, <laughs> I'm going to hit your car. If you've got those stupid stick figures on the back of your car, I'm going to hit it. And if I see baby. My name is
0: Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. It's the Hammer Nigel Show. We have a special guest on the WIBC hotline.
4: Investigative reporter for The Daily Signal and coming soon, nightly host here at 93 WIBC, Tony Kennett, the Tonus, joins us. All right. Let's get it right out of the way. Anything new on your investigation into the whereabouts of Joe Hogsett during the riots? The answer is yes and no. Uh, Yes, there is some new stuff
1: that I have learned about the situation. Uh, The answer is going to be no, because my first and foremost concern uh, whenever I'm reporting on a story is following the letter of the law to the letter. In no way, shape or form do I want anyone to violate state or federal law. Number two, uh, with that comes kind of, um, I was talking to Rob Kendall about this, a half update. Which is this entire investigation can be done and over in the open if uh, Jefferson Shreve, the Republican candidate for mayor, uh, somehow gets Hogsett to release uh, where he was the night of the riots and by doing so, double confirm that with his medical records. Right. So that's the easy situation here. Uh, I would ask why Shreve is, you know, making this weird blunder in a campaign. But I mean, that seems to be Shreve's main mood is to make uh, blunders in <laughs> a campaign,
4: right? Because we played an audio clip earlier in our program of Alexis Rogers, a news anchor at Wish TV, and I think this was late 2021. She had a sit-down right. with Joe Hogsett. She asked him point blank, "Where were you during the riots? He says he was at home. But I'm hearing different things. I think you're hearing different things. And the medical records could prove all this. But Joe and his administration, they're not releasing any of that. There's no record he spent
1: that evening at home. that that I've heard of or that I've seen. Um, I've seen several different things uh, regarding things that might pertain to traffic camera footage, things that might pertain to individuals who might have also been at certain rehab facilities at the same time uh, that can confirm that he may or may not have been at home. However, when it comes to HIPAA law, I mean, those are Joe's medical records. And so to release anything like that, I think that it would be most prescient for Hogsett to settle this. and, And again, just prove once and for all whether or not he lied to Wish TV back in 21.
0: I just want to know who was in charge of the city, whether it was him. I, I don't want any sort of gotcha thing. I don't want to violate any privacy laws. I just want to know who was in charge of the city. I want to know why it was allowed to go on for two nights in a row. I want to know who who said, you know, let them march. This has nothing to do with, you know, specifically where he could have been taking care of a, a, a sick parent or, or kid. I have no idea. Yeah, I just well, want to get to the bottom of the truth of who was yeah, in charge uh, of this You know what I mean. Let's pretend for a second in a hypothetical situation
1: that he was visiting someone in rehab that evening. Perfectly fine, great. Or maybe he was getting help he needs. Again, great. All I'm looking for is honesty in a leader and the ability to delegate authority in a time of severe distress. Which I think we can all agree the riots were a time of severe distress. Who was making leadership calls? Right. That's all I'm asking. Nobody can be in office 24 seven. No one's expecting someone to be in office 24 seven. But the you step out of office to do something, you better have someone in office to make good decisions so that we can hold you accountable. That's all we're asking.
4: And you're right. You know, If he's getting the help he needs, that's fantastic. God bless him. God bless his family. But at the same time, you're the leader of a major metropolitan city. A city that hosts the Final Four on the regular. A city that has hosted a Super Bowl before. If the people don't have trust that you can take care of yourself I think that's a very big factor in this re-election race. And for whatever reason, Jefferson Shreve, he'd rather talk about abortion, which he can't do anything about. He'd rather talk about changing the gun laws, which he can't do anything about. I just don't get it, Tony. All you got to say, again, if, if
1: he was being honest with Wish TV... Uh, when he spoke to Allison and he said, you know, hey, uh, this is the case, this is what's going on, I was at home, then it should be very easy for him to reiterate that to the public. But he has clammed up kind of weirdly since that situation, and if you take away all the stuff that I've heard off the record, if you take away all of the things regarding possible traffic camera footage, all of the other ancillary information, that in and of itself is very suspicious. Just come out and say it. I have no skeletons in the closet. You guys could ask me whatever, and I would be honest, because i have a policy of transparency if you're running for office i would highly recommend that policy
4: chatting with tony kennett investigative reporter for the daily signal now normally like covering education is kind of your bread and butter you get a lot of inside scoops stories about the crazy world of education what's happening now what's what's this story with uh, miguel cardona
1: so Miguel Cardona, you know, he's the head of the Federal Department of Education and he's 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 very woke, you know, he is very hip with the youth and the culture and, and he's so Passionately concerned with our nation's youth that I know we have record low levels of reading. I know violence in inner city schools is at an all time high beating out the LA race riots of the nineties. I know that we have teacher shortages caused by this behavior crisis. Instead, he decides to post what, you know, we've 50, apparently hip hop's 50 years old. And so he decided to get on social media and post his list of his favorite hip hop songs, which by the way, Uh, included only, like, one or two hip-hop songs. Like, most of it's, like, (laughs) hip-hop pop, like songs by Drake. Like, no one's like, hey, what's your favorite hip-hop artist? And, like, instead of, you know, someone actually decent, you're like, oh, Drake. I mean, it's so silly and performative. (laughs) So what happens when you make an equity hire? You know, you hire someone, and he has been very open that he was hired because of the color of his skin, which, what an embarrassing thing to admit to the public. Uh, But then going out in front of everyone and saying, well, the thing I care about is hip-hop and the youths, No one is impressed. And he deleted the tweet after he was mocked by people on the left and the right, as he should be.
4: And I'm looking at the tweet here, because God bless you, Tony Kennett, you have a screenshot of it. Secretary Cardona's dope, D-O-P-E, defense of public education, bus <laughs> tour playlist.
1: <laughs> you, you guys, we, we know that they're not actually listening to this playlist on the bus. The only politician that I've ever trusted when it comes to their musical playlist is, believe it or not, President Obama is very open about the music that he listens to. He doesn't have a bad taste in music all things considered but he has been caught listening to that playlist there is no way cardona is in the back of the education tour bus listening to drake (laughs) or maybe he is the kind of guy that is in the back listening to drake now that i think about it that might be the exact kind of beta male this man is
0: all right back with tony kennett investigative reporter daily signal there are drips and drabs over the past few weeks of You know, COVID variants and mask mandates at businesses and hospitals coming back. There's a small college in Atlanta that's instituting a mask mandate. Uh, Just learning now of a D.C. area elementary school, Tony, that's reinstating a mask mandate. The N95s for third graders for just a few kids testing positive for covid these stories are just kind of here and there right now, but I feel like something is on the horizon. I want your overall take. I mean, you have somebody that saw what kind of effects masks and lockdowns had in the education system. What, what do you think is going on here?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to offer unilateral praise, which is kind of a rare thing to all Republican presidential candidates, except for Chris Christie, um, which no <laughs> one's praising Chris Christie, so no love lost. Um, on their response to the inklings and rumors of mask mandates as well as uh, COVID restrictions, shutdowns, and lockdowns. And that is not one candidate other than Chris Christie is willing to comply. And they've all been very overt. So to actually get ahead, Nikki Haley usually has like an 18-month lag on any present event. For her to come out and say, I'm against this right off the bat, pretty incredible. So that's, that showcases a very strong base of the country who says, absolutely not, no mandates for me. Number two, I would say regarding the whole thing you need to understand a little bit about viruses, especially viruses that have been tampered with. As a virus mutates, it does not add genetic information. There is no situation in which an organism or a suborganism, because viruses are not alive, can naturally add information. They can only lose it or change it. This means that over time, any natural virus uh, organi- sub-organism can only get weaker. And that's what this variant of COVID is. It's very contagious, especially in the early stages. And it's not really a heavy hitter. It kind of has a light fever with it, kind of a heavy cold, a little bit of a sore throat. I've had it. Most of my family has had it. A lot of people are not even choosing to test for this. I would say that's fine with one exception. And that is covid in general has kind of a high correlation with uh, some pregnancy issues with high blood pressure and preeclampsia so if you're pregnant kind of keep an eye out for this now it is really not at all affected by masks in 95 or no so mask mandates are as silly now as they ever were and closing something down i mean unless it's visitation at a maternity ward uh, or, or unless it's you know I don't know the the old person elementary school unity festival <laughs> then I don't think that it's necessary to shut down for this one people out there making mandates and shutting down school that's just
0: silly yeah and I think it's for kids especially in the third grade to be wearing n95 masks I'm not talking about those cheap china cloth masks that do absolutely nothing these are the cumbersome no, the fancy ones that fold in the middle yeah yeah and you have to put those on correctly
4: it's it's not like something and you strap on and go. And you have to replace them constantly. Yes.
1: It's also I- worth pointing out that we believe a large portion of people who get this version of COVID, it's like very asymptomatic. And so you may not even know that you've had it and it may not affect you at all. So masking children who need to focus on facial features in order to learn speech and reading and writing is kind of cruel. Again, uh, the third grader is not who's going to be at risk for getting hurt by COVID. If you're not 80 years old or very
4: pregnant, you're fine. But, Tony, you know as well as I do, hell, you probably know better than anybody, these teachers' unions, they've got a lot of power. Say what you want about them. They're organized. They put on red shirts. they got a lot of power. They've got money to give to high-profile politicians. Last time we went through this whole COVID song and dance here, the teachers didn't want to go back to the classroom. At least the leadership made it clear that the teachers didn't want to go to the classroom. Who's to say that's not going to happen again? Have money, have power. You can make things happen. Well, I'm really glad
1: that you pointed out that it was the leadership from the teachers' unions that wanted to keep teachers out of school. A lot of teachers wanted to go back into teaching. Right. In fact, a lot of teachers left public schools to work in private schools, to work in charter schools, to work in small homeschool co-op situations, micro schools because they just wanted to teach and be left alone. They didn't want to deal with the union making their decisions for them, especially regarding lockdowns. You remember the Chicago Teachers Union said that the desire to reopen schools was rooted in in sexism and misogyny and white supremacy and institutional racism, all that nonsense. I mean, sure, they could try it again. They they do this every couple of months anyway. The NEA and the AFT are full of high leadership people that don't want to work.
4: Who was the head of the Teachers Union in Chicago, Tony, that said the classroom was not safe, and then got on a flight and traveled out of the country. <laughs> yeah, I
1: remember that oh, Yeah, I, The name's not coming to mind, but I know that her comments were endorsed by Becky Tringle, the head of the NEA, who is still the head of the NEA, miraculously. And you know when you couple that with Randy Weingarten, who's more likely to take a trip to Ukraine than a failing American third-grade classroom, I mean, again, teachers, you get what you pay for. If you're in Indiana, you can pay $1,000 of your salary a year to be a part of this train wreck. Or you can just teach and do your job. You're not a hero. You're just a normal person, and that's what most teachers in our state want to be.
4: What are you working on at The Daily Signal?
2: Well, we
1: just got back about 60 FOIA uh, return documents from the larger suburban schools of the country. Uh, These would include schools like Carmel, Hamilton, Southeastern, schools like that all over the country. And uh, we have found that a lot of these districts are using terms like equity and restorative justice Far more than they are mentioning uh, serious violence situations. Uh, Even though they're going out in public claiming that equity is reducing violence in their schools, it's actually having the opposite effect. So we'll be talking about that real soon.
4: Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for The Daily Signal and coming soon, nightly host here at WIBC. Tonus, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.